0: Welcome to the Revo podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, good morning. Thanks for such a great welcome. I've never had that before. Amazing. But hey, I'm Stephen. I'm so glad to be with the South Fork Campus. Like Nathan was saying, this was my hometown church, and I'm so thankful for what y'all have done. You may not even know this, but because of the people in this church, there is a church right now happening in Walkertown that is hearing the gospel, new people are coming in, new people are serving, new people are coming into the church family, and God's work is being done in a place that you're not even seeing right now, but I've got to see it firsthand for the last two years because I was here and y'all were so gracious to let a few of us go and help plant that. And it is thriving, it is going just as it is here. And so we're so thankful for what South Fork Campus has contributed to places that are not even just here, but places you don't even see around the town. And so we just want to thank you for that. And I'm glad to be here with you today. And it is like Nathan said, we're in this GOAT series. And so we get one sermon to preach, not a sermon series. And so I don't get a 10 week to dive into something or five weeks, one opportunity. So constraints like this got to make us go deep. And it is something that I'm so passionate about. And if I could only teach one thing, I asked myself, what could it be? It didn't take me long. I knew exactly what God's been putting on my heart for so long. And I hope it's a major encouragement for you today, because what I want to address, it could be revolutionary. Like this could be a big change in your life today. It could be something big in a short amount of time. It will not only affect you and the people next to you, but even beyond places that you have not even seen yet. And so it could be something so foundational that if you do this one thing, it could change a lot of things. It's so simple, but not always easy. And so let me start with this. It's a goat story, the greatest of all time. It was once posed to Jesus. In fact, his disciples and some of their family were hanging out with Jesus one day, and they asked him this. They wanted to know what does it look like to be the greatest of all time. They said, hey, Jesus, when we get to your throne and we're with you in heaven, can I be right next to you? Basically, first in line, when it's all said and done, how do I know that I'm right there next to the greatest of all time? And Jesus quickly and easily answers this question. And he says, sure thing, guys, here's what you need to know. If you want to be first, be the first to serve. I was thinking that they probably were hoping that the last two words weren't added on there. They were like, be the first. Okay, let's go at it. Let's work hard. Let's just get it done. But no, he says, be the first to serve. And then he explains it even deeper. And he says, even as I have been sent here not to be served, but to serve. And I'll go as far to explain that I will even give up my entire life for other people. I mean, he sets it to a whole other level. And I'm thinking if I was there, I'd be like, well, what's third place look like, Jesus? I mean, what do we have to do for that one? I don't know if I wanna go as far as you're going here, but Jesus sets the standard. He says, you wanna know what the greatest thing you could do is to serve? just as I have. That was my purpose. That is my purpose and I'm going to continue following through to the very end of my life. And at this moment, these friends wanted to get something from Jesus. They want something from him. And Jesus is going to tell him that they want he wants them to join him in his mission to serve other people. He's just clarifying a statement says, hey, just stay on mission. And if you're not already currently in it, get on board with the mission, be the first to serve just as I am doing. So he sets the example and they've seen it played out right in front of their own lives. And so the big question for us to consider this, I'm kind of putting ourselves in that shoes and I'm taking something from what Jesus said. And it's this, am I a contributor? Or a consumer. Do I consume the mission or do I contribute to the mission? There's two roads, two paths, two outcomes, two things. We're either doing this or we are doing the other. And so I'm talking about the mission, contributing or consuming the mission. And we're joining Jesus on his mission, just as he just clarified it for his disciples. And so Jesus was sent by God to serve on a mission. And then he says to us in John 20, 21, he says this, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. If you wanna know what Jesus wants you to do, he wants you to live sent just as he has been sent. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, Christ-like, we serve. Because that's what Jesus said he was and he did. And so what we're gonna talk and look at today is that followers of Jesus, whether we had realized it or not, that all of us are in ministry. All of us are sent on mission with Jesus, and we're to serve in mission for his glory. Now, I know a lot of us, we're not thinking of that, and so we've kind of just moved on with our lives and done certain things, and we forget that we're on a mission We're in it right now. When you leave, you're still in it. It doesn't stop. Just as Jesus says, I'm gonna take it to the very end of my life and give up my life. His mission is our mission if we're followers of Jesus. And so because we get one sermon with this, I'm gonna dive into just two verses today because we don't get a whole sermon series. We're gonna look at two and we're gonna go deep. And I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna feel my passion because it gets so real. It gets so authentic. There's just no way around it this morning. And so I want you to turn to your Bibles in 1 Peter chapter four. 1 Peter chapter four. And this is written by the apostle Peter, one of Jesus' own disciples who was sitting with him that day. He later writes this. So Peter is writing to other Christians, the church. It's like Peter's telling us this today. And it's a good reminder for us. And we're gonna dive right into two verses and we're gonna draw four truths from him. So if you've got your notes, take them out and write this down. Type it in your phone because we can't forget these four components of what God calls us to in his mission. And so we're gonna look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen." So we see a complete you know, cycle, a story there. We see what we're supposed to do each of us and, and what happens at the end, but we have a bit of a challenge. And here's the challenge I want to pose to us this morning, because this passage calls us to have all God's people to be contributing to God's mission, not just consuming it. And that's a challenge. That's going to be a problem. There's going to be some tension with that. Contributing or consuming? Because the statistics tell us a very specific story. You guys know Lifeway, the bookstore? They have a huge major research part, uh, department. And they did a study of 7,000 churches all across, from all kinds of churches to sizes and places, 7,000 churches studying, that they studied. And they concluded that the majority of people in the churches were unengaged in meaningful ministry or mission. Unengaged in the mission. The churches were. We're not talking about the world, the people who don't even believe. In church, the people who are followers of Jesus are unengaged in Jesus's mission. In other words, people are, will show up for the show because the research was done by, for 7,000 churches. There are churches to study, but the results show that people will show up for the show, not show up for the serve. A big difference in what people would show up to do. And unfortunately, most churches have this majority of passive spectators rather than engaged, active participants in this mission. So it's really like this, like, okay, that's the stat, but what do we do with it? How do we move forward? How do we get from uh, consuming to contributing? And we're gonna look at God's standard in these verses, and we're gonna draw four truths from it, four truths for us today. So write them down, and we're gonna look at the first one in verse 10. It said this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Four things you need to know. The first one is this, you have a gift. You have a gift. Did you realize that today when you woke up? Because I know how it feels most days through life. You kind of feel empty. You kind of feel like you don't have anything to give and you haven't been given anything. But Jesus says, you are gifted with the Holy Spirit. What a gift. He even goes on to clarify to his own disciples before he leaves them and says, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. That's gonna be better than me even being here in person because each of you can have me at all times. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to him, if your sins have been forgiven, the Holy Spirit is with you and in you, you're gifted. And with that, the spiritual gifts come out of. And so you have a gift today. I know what it feels like uh, to just feel like it doesn't feel like it's there. But it says, you have been given, each of you has received. It's past tense, it's already happening. I mean, it's like today you're waking up and you find the $20 in your pocket that you forgot all about. It's a great day, y'all, we're going shopping. We're gonna use it. I mean, it's, it's a surprise to some of us, but let's just be reminded that we have a gift. And I know what it's like to talk about gifts because gifts are kind of tricky. Does, any, does anybody here like to do like family gift exchanges around Christmas time? I mean, I'm looking at faces and I can see some of y'all like, like, we're like, oh, terrible experience. Or other like, oh, I really love gift exchanges. the ones who love it are the ones that get the good gifts. And the ones that don't are the ones that didn't get a good gift from that one family member. Don't look at them right now. Uh, They might be here with you, but just play it, play it like it's usual. But here's the thing, like, you ever get a gift that's um, wrapped up and it's in a box, but the gift inside of it is different than what the box was? Oh, that's the worst. I mean, how mean is that? Because what you would have really liked was what was in the box. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a joke. I mean, I, I, I am opening it up and, and I unwrap it. And it's like, oh my goodness, a Bose surround sound speaker? I didn't, amazing. And then you open it up and like, Oh, an, an, an Afghan blanket, uh, that's, that's what I was hoping for, thank you. Um, and you put a paperweight in there just to fool me even further, um, just so I wouldn't know that it's not the Bose speaker. It, it, gifts are tricky. We get what we don't want. We sometimes want what somebody else has, and it can get confusing. But that's why I like to get gifts. Uh, I like to get gift cards for people, because I've gone down the wrong road with gifts. Someone didn't like what I got, Someone, like, hey, from now on, I'm just getting you a gift card. You go out and get what you want. It's about one year, I get a journal from someone, because that was on my list. Um, yeah, I get a journal, and I open it, I'm like, oh, a journal. And then and, and they're like, yeah, Stephen, uh, you can write your thoughts in there. <laughs> I'm like, great, great. Entry number one I didn't want this journal. <laughs> December 25th, 2020 and it's done, I'll close it and uh, pack it up for later. But, but anybody, like, like raise your hand, are any re-gifters here? Has anyone got the guts to re-gift a gift? All right, a few of us have it. I like to re-gift the gift that I didn't like back to the person that gave it to me. Just because I like to see the look on their face, they open it up and they're like, what's this about? And I'm like, you know what it's all about. It's a terrible gift, isn't it? Go ahead, open it up, read the first entry. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry about the iPad box that came in and that fooled you uh, just to get them back. But gifts are tricky, I get it. We don't know if we got it. We want what somebody else has. We're thinking we don't have it, but God says he's given himself you. Do you want more than that? Do you need more than that? Are we asking God for something better than himself? But you are gifted with the Holy Spirit and his spiritual gifts. And it says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. He is a good gift giver. God's the perfect gift giver. And not only does he give you a spirit, but he provides you with the spiritual gifts you need for your life and others to flourish. But the big question is, so why are so few of us using our gifts? Or or let me phrase it like this. Why don't we open the gifts at the gathering It's the party, it's where people show up and we don't want anyone to see the gift, know it, or have anything else to do with it. I'll open it in private and keep it to myself. But I think maybe it's because sometimes we use language like it's a worship service. We came to be served worship today. I go to that church because they serve me good worship. I didn't come to worship, I didn't come to glorify God. I want other people to do it, I wanna observe it. And man, I got served some good worship today because it was a worship service. Or maybe it's because we have titles like pastors, elders, worship leaders, and and we're not one of those. So we feel like we're not called to ministry. That's for them. I'm an ordinary Christian like most of us who come and just enjoy being at church. I'm a church person rather than involved in the ministry. But what if the next greatest day of your life is sitting right inside the gift that you hadn't opened yet? Wouldn't that be something to celebrate? Wouldn't that be something that would change your day, change the trajectory of your plans, your priorities, the people you're around? It could be the next greatest day of your life when you realize that you're gifted with and by and through the Holy Spirit. And then it begs the question, let's look at the second half. So it says each one of us has received the gift, but look at the second part in verse 10, it says this. It says, use them well to serve one another. So use them well to serve one another. And here's number two. The first one was you have a gift. The second is use your gift. Use it. So how do we know if we're doing the right thing? How do we know if today matters? How do we know if we're doing the right things with what God has given? And here's the answer. It says use them well, Like, I love the word well because it's like well-used, right? It's well-used often, a lot. You've gotten better and better over time. It's seasoned. It's, it's, it's using it really well. And who do we use it really well for? Let's not forget, it's to serve one another. But a lot of us will use our giftings only for ourselves. We'll get ourselves somewhere with it, but it's not meant for anyone else. And this is actually the inverse of why God gave you the gift in the first place. So you have a gift and use your gift. And here's the definition of serving, just to clear it up as simply as I can. It's doing something for someone else without motive. It's you're doing something outside of yourself, not for yourself, without any motive. That is serving. Another big study, and this one will blow your mind. They studied 30,000 Christians, just individual people, okay, that are in the churches and like looked at like, man, what is thriving? What is really helping people move forward? How is, how are people getting closer to God and you're seeing them demonstrate their life as a follower of Jesus? And, And this is an amazing study. They said that this, here's what they concluded. They said that serving does more for the discipleship of a Christian than worship services, prayer, and Bible study combined. Let me say that again, because that was a, a big one. Serving does more for your spiritual growth than this worship service can, than your personal reading will, and then your own prayer life and just speaking it can. And it sounds controversial, but let me explain. Here's why that happens because it is one thing for us today to talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. It is one thing for you to read about it and to tell God, I intend to. It gets to a whole other level when you start doing it. When you start living it out, that is where the greatest discipleship component was experienced, not hearing it, not listening to it, not singing about it, not reading about it, not just watching other people do it, but doing it. The serving component is what it is. For example, let's just read, study, talk, sing, and and, and read great verses about forgiveness. We'll know all about forgiveness. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? But I tell you, you go and forgive someone and you watch what happens. Oh, that takes some spirit strength. That makes God work in your life. That makes him supply you with something that you don't yet have. God moves in your life. You see someone else grow now. See the difference between just being and and around it and actually doing it? And the other component to this is it says, in some of your versions says, as good managers or stewards of this gift. See, we don't own these gifts. They're from the Father, And they're supposed to go right through us. We're not a cul-de-sac at the end of the road here. We're like a, we're a channel where things keep going through us and we have a responsibility. He's given us something and a responsibility so that we'll do something with them. And so we're gonna use them well. We don't own them. And here's the thing, this could be in many aspects. This is not one of those guilt trips to say, you know what? The whole reason I'm preaching in this is because we really need a new volunteer in our world, our kids' ministry. And I'm just, I'm I'm spending a whole day to try to get someone into that gap that we have, to fill that hole. No, because let me put it this way. There are more ways to serve than just in the church. There are three ways, and this could be a whole other sermon, but they only gave me one. So here it is, all right? Really quick. You could serve in the church, through the church, and beyond the church, all right? The best way? is all three, because there are needs for people to work in the church. I mean, today on a Sunday, I see it as this, the fish swim right to the boat. Who's going fishing? Who's doing something with it? I mean, we're disciple makers, right? Like they come right to us on Sunday. This is the best opportunity I'm probably gonna have all week. I'm going to take advantage of it. So we need more people serving in the church. You need more opportunities to serve in the church. Through the church, there are many opportunities where we get to serve and do things that would be, none otherwise be possible had we not all collectively come together or done something so that we could impact something that has nothing to do with our church. But it is through the church. We're serving together in some way outside of the walls, outside of something that's going to affect a Sunday morning, right? That's through the church. And then there's beyond the church. This is where you live live. This might be your neighborhood. This might be your workplace. It might be where you work out. I don't know where it is, but that's beyond the church. And that's how God's going to use you and your giftings in ways that, listen, no one else in here is ever going to reach. No one else in here is going to be able to do it because you need to go out and do it beyond the church. It's what's God doing in your life. So in, through, and beyond the church, you can use your gifts because the alternative is this if we only have a Sunday morning, and uh, we'll end up wanting a really mature church, right? Like we know a lot about the Bible. I've I've learned all about it. and, And we're really mature Christians. And some people think that a mature church is by teaching every little obscure thing in the Bible so that I can just gain more knowledge. I need to know more. It needs to go there. But, but, but here's what happens. I want you to learn all about the Amalekites. Trust me, I know that's one that y'all been wanting to learn about. The Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Mosquito Bites, all of the ites, right? We're gonna, we, I want you to have on us. In fact, the Bible actually says, and no joke here, that all scripture is profitable. And it is a good thing we have to learn how to go beyond it and with it. Because here's what happens. Getting deeper knowledge of the Bible without being unengaged in the mission is a recipe for your pride, not a recipe for spiritual progress. That's what it gets us. We got a lot and we're going nowhere. That's pride. It's all about us but it's not for spiritual progress because spiritual progress will move you. It's one thing when God speaks to you, a whole other when God moves you and God does something through you. So we have gifts. We are called to use our gifts and be good managers of the gifts. So how do we do that is the big question because I get it. Like, okay, Stephen, I get it. I have a gift. I wanna use it, but I've tried it before. It didn't work. Uh, I'm kind of burnt out. So here's the encouragement. Here's what, here's what we can look at. Look at verse 11. It says, Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. And here's number three. I want us all to supercharge your gift supercharge it. And why do I say that? Because many of us have been serving and we got to a point where we simply just burned out. We simply thought it wasn't worth it. We simply hit the wall and couldn't get over it, past it. We tried everything and it just wasn't working. Or we've simply seen other people doing it and we don't like how they're doing it, so we don't do it. And we're just sitting dead in the water doing nothing. And we really need a charge, and I'm gonna call it a supercharge because it is supernatural, is where the strength comes from. Because if you use your gift for yourself and on your own, you will burn out. That is a promise. It's just a matter of time. It's a ticking time bomb. Maybe some of us don't have any energy left. I have certainly been there, and this is where we get it wrong so often, or we ran out of gas a while back, we still use our gifts, but, but now with all the strength and the energy that God supplies, he supplies you with what you need to use it. So if you're waiting for a thank you, you could wait sometimes a long time. If, that, if that's what you're waiting for, if you're waiting for someone else to acknowledge it, if you're waiting for the promotion, if you're waiting for the recognition, if you're waiting for anything else with the ulterior motive, it's not going to keep it going, and we're using it all the wrong way. So this is why you don't need motive. You need to use the motor. See, Jesus supplies us the strength because it says, if you're going to speak, do it as God speaks through you. God's going through you. If, you, if you're going to serve, do it with all the strength in, in your own energy. Know that God supplies. So if we're looking elsewhere, for the thing that keeps us going, it won't. But God promised us, promises us. It's a major encouragement and it reminds us. And we see two, two broad categories, they're speaking and, and serving. And it's mainly because all gifts can be used through, through words or through, through your hands, through actions, through words or deeds. And, and this is how you can live out many. And this is the reminder that all of us are to be using the gifts. Serving is always done this way. And here's the thing, we don't retire out of it. We don't get to a certain place where like, hey, I've I've lived a good life and and I'm done with it. And we don't get too busy for it. I've got a lot going on, I just can't. And I'll make an exception. I'm sure there are seasons where maybe you had to do this. I remember when my own son was in the hospital, not too long ago. And uh, I, I gotta be honest, I wasn't serving anybody. Maybe, maybe through texting was about all I had. That's the only way, because I'm in the hospital, locked in there. He has surgery and we come home and then he gets rushed back to the hospital for another week. And guess what? I got to be the recipient of so many other people serving us. What a fulfillment to keep us going because I saw God working through people, through the Holy Spirit and supercharged us. And I think it even blessed them to be a blessing. So there may be a season, but it can't be that 70% of the people in churches are in the same season for this long all the time. We gotta get back on the field. You need, you need the Gatorade squirted down your throat. You need the coach saying, hey, come on, get out there. Like you might've had a breather, but it's time to get back into the field. And you know what? Things get really busy in life and we get so caught up whatever stage you're in. I remember when I had little kids, I thought I was the busiest. Now I have you know, two teenage boys and I feel like I'm the lead counselor at Camp Testosterone and it's just busy and I feel like every season is busy and there's always so much going on, but you know what my boys need to see more than anything? You know what they need to know? Not that we're busy, but that life doesn't evolve just around us. It's about y'all. It's about others. It's about what God's doing in us and through us. And they need to see that by example. So parents set that expectation and they start to see it lived out through their own children. And, and, and if you're retired, what a blessing. You didn't work all your life so that now you could stop serving Jesus. Now you may have some more time or different opportunities to keep going through and with the mission. But here's the thing, we gotta do it in the power of the Spirit. If you're active in ministry and really wanna supercharge, here's here's one really cool thing to do. So let's just say you're serving and and you wanna do more of it and and God's already using you. I wanna encourage you today to to let someone else know the gifting that you see in them and encourage them. It's such a blessing for you to be able to supercharge someone else to to say, hey, I, I see in you that you're gifted in this area. I see that you could really make a difference. Maybe someone needs your encouragement put into them today. So I encourage you, maybe that's your next step to invite those around you to do what you're already doing. You're not asking them to do something and and to, to go out on their own and figure it out. No, 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 no. You're inviting them into your life which is already a part of this. And they see what it looks like to live on mission with God on a continual lifelong basis. So maybe you need to tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, come on, come, come serve with me. I, it, it, it'll bring you so much joy. I've seen what God has done to me. I remember where I was before, when I wasn't using my gifts. I, I see how I've been using it now. And here's the stories that have come out of this. And there's more beyond it. And I just want you to be a part of that and using your gifts as well. But this is also why being in community is so important. So we have our groups, they're like these small groups that get together. And and one of the things that we've noticed in our own research is that a lot of the people serving are in community and the people that will continue serving are continuing to be in community. We've seen the most fruit come from that community, that discipleship, because it's more than just reading the Bible and praying and they do a lot in that, but they find out that serving is a part of that. And so you need to be in community in order to keep going. We want to move people from sitting in rows to sitting in circles to where they're interacting with one another so that they can keep all God's people engaged in God's mission. We need one another, and you could help somebody else today, this week. You just need to encourage someone that maybe doesn't know this. And here's the thing, if we want to live for the glory of God, if, uh, if we live our lives thinking it's all about us, We end up going to the end of life as knowledgeable religious people, not living on mission. That's not where I wanna be. I don't think that that's where we all think, but that's where we drift towards. That's default mode if we're not careful. That is your own strength, that is your own way. But when it's powered by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't go that direction, but we can give glory to God. And so here's what happens when you use your gifts through God's help, the end result is worth it all. So here's the why. Let's look at it in 1 Peter 4, verse 11. The second half of that verse says, then implying that if you do this, then this will happen. He's gonna paint a before and after picture. So what happens when you know you have a gift, you use your gift and you're supercharged your gift, then everything you do will bring glory to God. Through Jesus Christ, All glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. And that's why my fourth point this morning is you need to give it all to God. It's all for his glory. So if we live this way, then everything we do will bring glory to God forever. This implies there's this before and after him is do this. And then this happens, we serve because it brings glory to God. I don't know if that excites you, but that is your purpose in life. Whether you realize it or not, God created you to bring glory to him. And this is how you do it. I often wonder, does today matter? Is my life effective? Should I keep going down this road? Is this what I should be doing? And if you check the first three boxes, then everything you do brings glory to God. Everything, that's the promise. That's the end benefit. It even says this in another part of scripture says, others, they will know you by your good deeds and glorify the Father. When people see you doing good, serving like Jesus, it should bring glory to to him. It does bring glory to God. You're not doing it right if people only see you. If people don't see the Holy Spirit working through you, someone else is getting the wrong glory. And unfortunately, it's yourself. It's a tricky spot to be in because you've seen something good going on and we wanna quickly take the credit. It's, we've taken the right steps, but now we wanna hijack the steps, but we're gonna bring glory to God through all of it. And he'll be seen and something changes in us. It also implies this, So if this is what glorifies God, then what's the opposite? How about this? You have a gift, don't open it, especially around other people, don't use it or through the Holy Spirit's power and you'll rob God God of His glory. You wanna do that? That's what the opposite implies. It implies that we're robbing God of His due glory if we're not serving others. I don't think that that was our intent today. I don't think that's our intent this week. That's not on our like bucket list. In fact, we are hoping for the others, but I'm hoping today's encouragement to clarify, what do you need to do to bring glory to God? And I know a lot of us have have felt empty and this is where we end up growing because many people have come to me and said, you know what? I just don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. I feel like I'm lacking something. I feel like uh, just something's not moving right. And often we can just simply ask, hey, are you serving? Are you being obedient and a good steward of the gifts God's given you? And so here's the bottom line for the sermon today. You were created to make a contribution, not just to consume resources. We glorify God when we give what he gave us. You are at your best when you're doing what he created you to do. I wanna be at my best. You probably know this quote from Jesus and I want you to finish the last word. I'll go like this to fill in the blank. Jesus says this and he tells others, he says, well done, thy good and faithful. We know it. We know what to do. We know what Jesus has called us to do. We know what he, he says is well done. Remember those words? It's done. So my encouragement for you today is three things that maybe we can apply this. First, if you're not a believer in Jesus, this sermon was not written exactly for you because you don't need to serve to get to Jesus. Jesus already did this. Remember early on, we talked about that. I'd love to explain the gospel to you. And this would maybe be a part of the life that you've been, been needing. And this will be the life that you could be living out through purpose in Jesus. Maybe we've just missed it. And I'd love to help you take that next step today. Or maybe you're already serving. I wanna invite you to encourage others to serve. Man, tap someone on the shoulder, show them their gifts, light them up, supercharge what they need in their life and do it through the Holy Spirit's power. And if you're not serving, hear me clearly, like, I love you. No one's mad at you. We're doing this out of the glory of God and we've seen God do it. And so we wanna invite anyone and everyone into it. And so I invite you to do that. And here's, the, here's what I'm gonna do. This is a little bit different. So I'm gonna ask everybody to grab this next step card that is in the seat pocket in front of me. And the reason I'm asking is so that nobody gets embarrassed, just if everyone grabs it, then it doesn't embarrass any one person, okay? So everybody grab this card and you're gonna see at the bottom of the next step card down in the back, the bottom box says, I am interested in serving. And maybe there's some other steps that apply to you. You could read through it. But here's what I'm asking. If you felt God move you, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit do something and say, hey, I also want to serve. I wanna give you this opportunity. And just know that deciding to put it back down and not serve, that is a decision. Just know that decision that we're making. So I encourage you to check that box. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be down at the front after the service. And there are offering baskets in the back of the auditorium. You can either drop it in the offering basket on your way out and we'll follow up with you. We wanna help you step into this appropriately and just right for you. Or come meet me down at the front. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to help you in any way that I can. So here's the box. Here's the card. I'm interested in serving. I'd love to see your spiritual growth and this discipleship component come alive in you. Let's pray. God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit might speak to hearts now. Give someone the boldness to put their faith and trust in You right now. God, I pray for those who are serving; encourage them so they'll continue to minister through Your power, using their gifts for Your glory and for the good of others. Bring people to our minds that that we might reach out to and help and help them go from being a consumer of the ministry to to a contributor in the mission. God, I pray for those who are not serving. Uh, some because they're hurting, and, and I pray that we'll, we'll minister to them, that we can help them. Um, but God, I, I pray for others that, that you, not me, might convict the hearts of those who need to move from the sidelines and into the fields, who need to stop being passive spectators, but active participants. We trust you and your Holy Spirit to move and do all of this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at